0: Today, we're taking a look at the potential depth that the Sun Devils have in their front seven. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. A special shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day. And don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcasts, and stay in touch with the show by following me on Twitter at RichieBrad36, the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today today. You'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. And today we are going to be continuing our series of taking a look at the Sun Devils depth charts at the different positional groups. On Tuesday, we took a look at the, or that's what we're doing today. We took a look at the tight ends and the offensive line. Today, we're looking at the defensive line, the edge rushers, and linebackers. In other words, your front seven. We're going to break them down bit by bit. We're going to take a look at the edge rushers first and then move on to D-line and then round it out with the linebackers. And the Sun Devils are in a very interesting position this year with their front seven. Because in one sense, you have a lot of really good potential returners. But in another sense you've got some big shoes to replace. And there's really three big-name players that you are replacing. And funny enough, one's an edge rusher, one's a defensive lineman, one is a linebacker. And we'll start with the pass rusher you're replacing, and that's B.J. Green. Green has either led the team in sacks or tied for the team lead in sacks each of his three years spent at Arizona State. He transferred in the offseason. He committed to Colorado. Thankfully, ASU does not have to play Colorado this year, so we do not have to go up against our old friend. But there is six sacks from last year that are gone. It was tied for the team high with Prince Dorba, who we'll touch on in just a moment. But, oh man, talk about a loss. He had entered the transfer portal in 2022 before withdrawing to come back to Arizona state for his junior season. He entered it this off season, uh, very much. I, I, I wouldn't call it expected, but it it definitely felt like a very realistic possibility, especially after previously entering the portal. It felt like there was a very strong chance it could happen. And unfortunately it did. And now the sun Devils are going to be trying to replace their best pass rusher. But the good news is they bring back Prince Dorbaugh and they bring back Clayton Smith. And with Dorba, he, he tied the team lead in sacks last year with B.J. Green. He had six sacks of himself. The, the problem was they all came in the first half of the season. He was very quiet in the second half. He was banged up and he just wasn't able to get home. And you worry that, he is not going to be able to be a full-time pass rusher because there was such a good rotation last year with himself, Green, and uh, Clayton Smith. But the upside is certainly there. And he led the team in sack yards as well. His six sacks turned into 56 yards for a loss. So almost, almost 10 yards a loss. That's, that's very, very good. If if he is able to just give you a full season's worth, I mean, I'll take six sacks again. I wouldn't complain with six, especially if you tell me that he's just a consistent guy who's dialing up pressure. Like, sack numbers can be a very overrated stat. They really can. Like, is it sexy to have a guy with double digit? Of course. Are you complaining? Absolutely not. But I'll tell you that I'll take the guy who's getting knockdowns. I'll take the guy who's getting pressures. I will take the guy who's just disrupting the play, who's setting the edge against a run game. Like you don't necessarily need somebody to be double digit sacks. If you are getting a collective effort from the entirety of your, of your pass rushers, that's all you can ask for. That's where I will tell you, you don't necessarily need doorbot to hit double digits You just need him to be consistent. Now, a guy that you do want to see take that next step is Clayton Smith. And Smith had four and a half sacks last year. And unlike Dorbaugh, he was quiet in the first half of the season and then came alive in the second. And my goodness, when he came alive, I mean, there was times he looked like maybe your best pass rusher. He looks the part. First of all, he just the physique is insane on him. He, he looks like a next level player. He just checks the boxes uh, physically and athletically, but he had really quality numbers last year, four and a half sacks, 21 tackles. He took a step forward in the second half of the year, which was a combination of him getting healthy because he, he walked off the field at least three times last year. He was just banged up with everybody else. And that, that stuff happens. But once he was good to go, and once he was able to find his niche, man, he was. It, it felt like there were times he was unstoppable. He was just so incredibly difficult to block with his blend of speed. He was able to start combining some power to convert with that. Like, if he is able to continue working on his pass rushing skill set, find a way to get his hands a little bit more active and all that good stuff, I mean, I I really do think that there is potential for him to lead the team in sacks there's potential for him to flirt with double digit sacks. He is a beast, he is a monster. I am very much looking forward to him this year. But beyond those two, you're going to need other guys to step up because those two alone combined for 10 and a half sacks of your 26 and PJ Green added another six. So you're replacing well over half of the total sacks that you had last year the good news is Dorbon Smith are more than capable of being bookend guys but again you need some of the other players to be able to step up next to them and there's three guys that I have in mind to hopefully take that next step and the first are uh, two returning players that are entering their richer junior and senior years respectively Um, or no, Elijah Neal is the first one. He is just a pure junior for the team. He is someone that has just not been able to get on the field very much for one reason or another, but this is a great, great, great opportunity for him to start getting those uh, reps. And again, like part of it is with him being a senior, you might be able to see this guy just take all of the time that he has developing behind the scenes, and finally put it all together. We'll see with him. One of the guys I am most interested in is Garen Stansbury. And Stansbury is another guy who's just got amazing athleticism and is, I I won't call him like this unstoppable force or anything because we haven't seen it yet, but it feels like there's potential for him to become a very, very good football player. I I could see him become this year's Prince Dorbaugh where he just kind of comes on and is able to really make a flash and an impact. And six sacks would be outstanding from him. But again, like I said, sacks can be an overrated stat. For me, I just want pressures, knockdowns, and sacks are cool. Stansbury hopefully is able to step into that number three role, which was Clayton Smith slash Prince Dorval last year because they were rotating. If Stansbury is able to step into that role, then I do expect really good things out of him. The last guy I want to mention is Roman Petrie. Petrie is transferring from Purdue, was not able to record any uh, stats or significant playing time with the Boilermakers, but he's another really good athlete and he's another guy that has my attention. He's, he just seems like he fits into this room as someone who has all the potential to potentially be a starter for this team at a minimum. He feels like a guy that you're able to stash and develop. And maybe he turns into your Darren Stansbury where he just kind of binds his time on the roster and then take that takes that step forward. That's what I expect out of Stansbury for sure is kind of a breakout year for him. And again, a breakout year is four or five sacks. He doesn't need to be double-digit. But I do think that Stansbury is going to find himself a much bigger role this year than he has in previous years. I'm going to be keeping an eye on Elijah Neal and Roman Petrie. There's some young guys as well. you got the incoming freshman, uh, Ramar Williams. That is someone to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Some of the other guys that you could look forward to are uh, 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 Celesi Manu is another guy who's coming in. I mentioned Ramar Williams. There's not really too many other guys off the edge. Landon Thomas could be, but he's kind of a tweener in between there and the interior defensive line. Magnum West is a redshirt freshman. There are guys here, but the five I mentioned are the ones that I'm paying most attention to. And you want to see Clayton Smith and Prince Dorba become those bookend edge rushers. And I'm I'm keeping my eyes on Garen Stansbury. He will be someone that I am paying a ton of attention to during spring ball and during training camp up in the fall. We're going to switch over to the defensive linemen in just a moment. There's new depth and returning guys. We're going to get to them right now. This is a Locked On Sunnibals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Passion, drive, patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're in the speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit, like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and on Amazon Fire. You can get it anywhere, basically. Check it out. Stay up to date on all the biggest news in every league and college. Back into our conversation, we're going to be taking a look at the interior defensive line. And the big name that you're going to be looking to replace this upcoming year is Deshaun Mallory. Like I said, there's three big names on each level of the defense. B.J. Green was off the edge, and Deshaun Mallory is going to be on the interior of the defensive line. Mallory was masterful last year. He had 48 tackles. He had two sacks. He blocked four passes. He was all over the place. And he really stepped into an important role for the team because the Sun Devils have really had an emphasis on veteran defensive tackles the last couple of years. You had Nesta Jade Silvera in 2022. You've had uh, several other guys in previous years. Oh, man, there's a, there's a kid who was drafted by the Giants a couple of years ago. And I can't remember his name. I want to say his last name was Davidson. But there have been a lot of very important players on the interior of the defensive line. And the Sun Devils are, once again, going to be looking for somebody to step into that role. Now, I do think that you have a player in CJ Fight who should be able to step into that role. He played very well last year. I highlighted him as one of my breakout candidates. He's someone I'm just very, very high on, period. He should be able to, once again, be a starter and be an anchor along the interior of the line. He could hopefully step into that veteran role, but I do think that the veteran you're going to have come in is Anthony Cooper. And Cooper has been a longtime player for the Sun Devils, he's a local kid. He's been able to be a sack guy. Last year he was just injured the whole friggin' year, just unable to get onto the football field. As long as he's 100% healthy, he should be that guy. That takes on that Deshaun Mallory role, that takes on that Nesta Jade Silvera role, you're hoping that he is able to be that player for you. And what's so interesting with Anthony Cooper is he's kind of a tweener at the position because he started his career at Arizona State as an edge rusher, and they bumped him inside last year with pretty decent expectations for him to become that kind of player. We're still really curious if he is 100% capable of taking on that role. And it's not a slight at him. It's not It's not anything like that. It's just we haven't gotten to see it yet. But entering the year, Anthony Cooper is definitely going to inherit that role as the veteran. You got a handful of other guys that are returning as well. Sam Benjamin, Tristan Monday, Blazin' Lana Wong are some of the key guys that I'll be paying attention to. But... There's a few transfers that are coming in as well, two that really stand out to me. The first is Jeff Clark coming in from Louisville. He has the potential to be your Mallory, your uh, Davidson, your uh, Silvera. He's the veteran transfer. He's been around. He's seen it all. He's done it all. It just feels like poetry that he would be the next guy, especially because Silvera and, uh, Mallory were both transfers in each of their respective years so now Jeff Clark comes in and he's he's a transfer and he's a longtime veteran like this is last year of eligibility so it just feels like poetry and time is a flat circle and now you have Jeff Clark to potentially step into the exact same role that is president I can't say that word right now you can make fun of me later This feels almost like, like I said, time is a flat circle. And it feels like this is the exact same situation that the Sun Devils are going to find themselves in. Another really, really, really interesting name for me is Jacob uh, Kongaika. And Kongaika is going to be coming in from Arizona. So he went from the dark side to the light side. He had two sacks last year. He, I believe, is a true junior. He might be a redshirt sophomore for the team. Uh, He is a true junior. But 6'2", 285, so he's absolutely going to be plugged into the interior. Somebody who's got some experience playing along the interior. Somebody who's got some experience having significant play time for the Wildcats. Like I said, now he's coming to the light side. He's coming to the good guys maybe he's able to continue that kind of play. And what I see Kongaika is coming in is a big time rotational piece. If I had to go through my defensive line and on the interior and kind of rank the guys in accordance to snaps, I think that CJ fights at the top, Anthony Cooper and Jeff Clark are number two, just depending on who wins that battle. And I think Kongaika is probably going to be your number three with the potential to be number two. Because if Kongaika comes in and plays better than Cooper and Clark, there's no reason to keep him off the field. Especially because Fight is able to maintain that nose tackle spot. So you need someone to be more of your three-tech. And Kongaika is absolutely capable of doing that. He's got the size. He's He's got the overall ability to continue developing. Like, he got better from year one to year two for Arizona. And he feels like he's just going to continue to improve. I don't know that we have seen the best of Jacob Kangaika just yet. He absolutely has my attention. Similar to what I said about Garen Stansbury, Kangaika is going to be one of the guys who I am going to be paying a ton of attention to during spring ball and during training camp. If he's healthy and he's good to go. He's going to be another player that's just very difficult to keep off the field. Last position we're going to talk about is linebacker. There's big shoes to fill there. They brought in three potential veterans to step into that spot. And of course, they've got some young guys as well that we're going to touch on in just one moment. This is the Locked On Sunniveau's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Again, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, and making us your first listen of the day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and remember to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. Stay up to date on all the biggest stories in in pro, in college, and every league that you can think of. Check it out. Stay in touch. Don't make any uh don't make any over overthinking possibilities here when it comes to figuring out who's going to be your number one news source. Let's wrap up our conversation by taking a look at the linebacker position. The last player that they are going to have a lot of onus on replacing this year will be Trey Brown. Brown last year was second on the team in tackles with 53. He had an interception. He had half a sack. He was more than anything your veteran guy in the front seven and somebody who was so, so important for the Sun Devils to be able to take a step forward from what was an atrocious defense in 2022 to what was a more than respectable defense this past season. And he was perhaps the biggest reason for that step forward. And don't get me wrong. I have I have spoken praise more than a few times of Brian Ward and his defense to be able to come in and change the philosophy of everything. But you needed guys to come in as well that were able to help run the scheme. And there was nobody better at doing that than Trey Brown, who played for Brian Ward at Washington State. He comes down to Arizona State and goes from a rotational part-time role to a full-time role with Arizona State. And he flourished. And he took on the veteran role. And he helped raise up these young bucks and helped these these other guys that were trying to learn a system, because you had several transfers, like Tate Romney, who ended up pretty much being a full-time starter for the team, get acquainted to the new defense. And Caleb McCullough was able to inherit another big role as well after being a rotational guy, and they looked like they knew what they were doing along the defense. That's where you want to continue to see these players take that step forward. now. With Trey Brown gone, you need another veteran linebacker. And there's three transfers that are coming in that could have the potential to step into those roles. You have Zyrus Fiasayu coming in from San Diego State. You have Jordan Crook coming in from Arkansas. And you have the guy who has my attention, Keyshawn Elliott from New Mexico State. With Keyshawn Elliott... This is easily the most productive linebacker that's coming in. He had 111 tackles last year, 59 tackles uh, that were solo, 52 assisted. He defended six passes, two and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. In other words, he's Mr. Do-It-All into front seven. He would have been first in total tackles on the team by almost 40 last year. He would have been second on the team or excuse me, he also would have been first on the team in solo tackles by five over Shamari Simmons. His two and a half sacks would have placed him, uh, I believe, fourth on the team. Yeah, fourth on the team. Uh, Six defended passes would have been tied for second with defensive backs. Like, he flies around the defense. And, you know, part of that will be a question of the competition he faced because, Conference USA is not exactly what you would call power five football, but you still have to be able to make the plays and you still need to be able to wrap up and generate pressure and be a good, uh, a good, what's it called coverage linebacker. You still need to do these things. So you can say numbers are inflated all you want, but he still has instincts. And he still has the athleticism to be that guy that's able to roam around. I like the the guys I've been highlighting. So Garen Stansbury at the edge, uh, Jacob Kongaika on the defensive line, and Keyshawn Elliott at linebacker are the guys who have my undivided attention as I am looking at guys during spring training and during training camp. These are at each level, at each spot, the ones that I am going to be focusing a lot of time and effort paying attention to, because there's a very real chance that all three of them step into big time roles in 2024. Now, there was two other guys that are transferring in as well. Uh, Not as productive, but definitely guys that could take on that role. Uh, Zyrus Fiasseu is coming in from San Diego State. He had decent production. Jordan Crook is coming in from Arkansas. Not somebody who saw a ton of significant time during his during his stint with the Razorbacks. But you don't get recruited to the SEC for nothing. These three, I, I I'm very, very tempted to say one of these three is guaranteed a starting job. Let me explain because it's similar to the Anthony Cooper, Jeff Clark conversation I had. Arizona state is looking for that veteran to be able to man the linebacker spot because you've got a bunch of young guys and Tate Romney and crew Jackson and KV and Thunderbird. There needs to be somebody on, on the, on the middle, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You need somebody to man the middle of the defense and to be able to command and, and captain everything and quarterback everything. You need that guy on the defense. And any one of these three between Fiaseu, Crook, and Elliott could be those guys. If you have one of them able to inherit that role and play up to that level then your defense will be able to repeat what they did last year, which was very, very quality, and maybe even take a step forward. Like I do look at Keyshawn Elliott as one of the higher upside players on this team, but Fiasau and Crook are equally able to step into decent roles for the team. And this is where you really need to find somebody that is able to inherit a big role, somebody who's able to step up and understand the the, the pressure, I guess, that's that's going to come with stepping into a veteran role when it comes to those three transfers. But you also have guys returning. I want to talk about Caleb McCullough, who had a very underrated season for the Sun Devils last year. He was top five in tackles. He had 52. He had a sack. He batted two passes. He forced a fumble he was a very underrated linebacker for the team and somebody who wasn't in a full-time role because you did rotate him and Tate Romney, who each had 29 tackles last year. McCallow and Romney could both be your starting linebackers. It doesn't necessarily need to be one of these transfers. You can still have guys that are on the roster step into those roles. And again, you do have some younger guys that are coming in. Because you have Martel Hughes who's coming in as a freshman. Anthony Ruiz is a redshirt freshman. So is I just mentioned him. Uh Kavian Thunderbird is another guy who's a redshirt freshman. Like there's uh Isaiah, Isaac Stopkey, another redshirt freshman. There are guys here that could become bigger roles on the defense but I truly think it's between the three transfers and I would throw Caleb McCullough in there. I still think Tate Romney finds a significant role. I'm not willing to call him a guaranteed full-time starter because even though he was listed as a starter on the team last year, he was still rotated in for the team. Right now, I think they stick with him and I would go Keyshawn Elliott, but I wouldn't blame him if they honestly just rotated the five guys, whatever it takes. I just want to see Keyshawn Elliott on the field a lot. That's the linebacker spot. That's where I stand on all of that. Very interesting guys to pay attention to interesting upside. And hopefully you find someone that can captain the defense and especially the front seven, because we're going to talk about the secondary tomorrow and the secondary looks good. Secondary has got some really good depth. We're gonna take a closer look at that tomorrow. So if you want to stay in touch with that and you wanna check out that episode, wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. And you can stay in touch with the content by following me on Twitter, Richie 36 the podcast at L O underscore Sun Doubles. And a shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. We're going to be wrapping up our series on Monday, maybe Tuesday, if something breaks. I still need to get some basketball content in. Like I said, there won't be a Sunday episode because there is some network stuff that is going on uh behind the scenes to be able to make our products for you guys even better than what they already are. So, we'll be talking basketball. That's probably we'll we'll have to take a look. I'm I'm thinking we're going to finish our quarterback up on Monday and Talk about our basketball on Tuesday. If you guys want the opposite, just let me know. But I'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.